Lift up those holy hands. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. We are the sons of your grace and of your goodness. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 16. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. And sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Everybody say amen. amen. Now these were the last words of Jesus before his ascension. He said, go to all the world and preach to every creature. You see, the way God saves people is by the gospel. It's the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation. The way God saves people and salvation does not only mean the cancellation of hell or deliverance from hell. But salvation is actually the full life of God as a way. It includes your deliverance, yes, from hell. It includes your forgiveness, yes. But it includes your prosperity, your wholeness, your health, your peace. Everything that makes life, life. In fact, the overflowing life or the abundant life. And the way God imparts that life is through his word, through the gospel. You need to understand that word and work in the realm of the spirit is the same word and work is the same god doesn't work he speaks and his word does the work jesus being the word of god is the work of god the finished work of christ is what is encapsulated in the gospel the gospel is the finished work of christ that's the gospel in the realm of the spirit it's words that work the way god dispenses his life is through the word the way god imparts his life is through the word some people ask jesus that how can we work the works of god is a believe the word because the works of god are the words of god when you believe the word you have the works when you walk in the word you are working the works but the point here is jesus said go into all the world and preach to every creature he didn't say every human being he used that word for emphasis anything that is a creature just preach to them preach to every creature preach 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 i was in the plane yesterday with uh, dr lawrence Thurton. every time he sees me encourages me every time you know we were on the same flight to wherever we went to preach and we were on the same flight back when we touched ground he said keep firing preach it every time he sees me he said, keep preaching it preach it until there's no more breath preach it preach it and when i went to do my meetings i was so exhausted and then when i finished the last meeting and i came back to my hotel room and was getting refreshed i said hey lawrence this i should preach it i'm going to preach it i was talking to myself i said he said i should preach it i'm going to preach it well, that's just a big brother who loves me so much and he's doing it and he says, I should do it. And every time he sees me, he says, keep firing, preach it. 
and then on our return he was sitting just by me and uh, he said man i'm just tired i said i can imagine i said doesn't it feel like a sunday he said yes i said that's what happens when you preach on a saturday it feels like a sunday we're all exhausted and he said you know what this thing we have to preach it until our last breath and i can see those words in the words of jesus when he said go and pray to every creature he could have said human beings pray to all the people he said pray to every creature just preach it because i want to save the world but the way i will save them is through the preaching you know sometimes we don't understand the blessedness of this ministry we have there were people in the old covenant who were faithful committed honest people i mean great people devoted and yet they didn't have our kind of ministry but the bible says that jesus has made us able ministers of the new testament not of the letter but of the spirit because the letter kill it can you imagine a whole preacher why you're in the whole and he's preaching and all his preaching is death oh his preaching is death i'm talking about the old testament god anointed fury but he couldn't impart life because of the disability the incompetence but the bible says we in the new testament god has made us competent not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think sufficiency of ourselves but our sufficiency is of god the word is competence who has made us able ministers of the new testament that i just have the spirit to impart do you know we actually separate administration of the word from administration of the spirit but if you study bible carefully you realize that in the news when you're preaching the gospel you're ministering the spirit yes yeah, seriously that is why as you speak the word the holy ghost falls on people amen you know the word and the spirit they are one in essence their essence is truth hallelujah so he says go and preach and then he says this signs will follow them that believe so all of us have to go preach but then he says this signs will follow them that believe now just jesus talking to his disciples okay so he was not saying that signs will follow the disciples he said those who hear the word when you go and preach those who believe these signs will follow them so i assume he's talking to us these signs will follow everyone who believe in fact he's talking about every believer those who believe are the believers the children of god these signs will follow not the apostles these signs will follow those who believe that includes you do you believe are you a believer you know sometimes you see believers who say they don't believe that's why i love to teach the new testament because see with god you confuse for a very long time that i vow that i'm going to stay in the new testament because that kind of gospel that makes us feel we are sinners today and tomorrow we are holy and the next day we are sinners and next day we are holy today we are faith and tomorrow we don't have faith it's nothing but just one step forward one step back it's a waste of everybody's time assuming we're in the university and we're going back to class one to talk about class one stuff you're wasting everybody else's time so let's stay in the spirit let's stay in the new testament if you are born again you are a believer and these signs will follow you i know you're asking so why don't i see it i'll tell you in a minute why you don't see it. this sign told them to believe and he's talking about all of us by the way my purpose this morning is just to summarize what we've been doing this year is our year of the miraculous 
and the things I've been teaching and the things we've been saying, the things we believe the Lord is telling us, I want to summarize them. Because before we hit December 31st, every one of you here should have recorded some special miracles. Of course, there are a lot of miracles happening every day in this church. Too many of them. So every one of us is supposed to walk in miracles. Because that's what he says. He says, this signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Look at some of the signs that will follow them that believe. You need to understand that when Bible says these signs will follow them that believe, obviously it's more than this because you can't record everything. Bible says if every miracle should be recorded in the Bible, then the whole world itself will not be big enough to contain what is written. So they just select some. But these signs will follow them that believe. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Oh, I like that. The first one is dominion over demons. Every believer. Once you're born again, you have power over demons. You know why? There are three realms in the spirit. We have the realm of God, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the realm of God. That's the realm of divine activity. Then we have the spiritual realm, which is the realm of angelic activities, where angels and demons operate. Then we have the realm of the human spirit. The realm of God is so high, far above all principality and power, and that is where we participate. That is where we play. That is where our action is. Now, if you can move God, you can move demons. Far above principalities. Amen. The Bible says that it talks about exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or demonstrated or exerted or displayed or released in Christ. When he raised him from the dead, far above all principality and power, dominion and might, and every name that is named, not only in this age, I like that, but also in the age to come, and has put all things under his feet. He has given him to be the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You are the body of Christ, and when God put everything under the feet of Jesus, he put demons, principalities. He lifted Jesus far above principalities and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filled it all in all. So we above them. Instead of concerning yourself with demons and knowing how demons you have in your family and how many are they and how many demons and trying to chase some demons and trying to kill them, just concentrate on where you belong. Keep communing with God. Once you move God, those demons will take care of themselves. Yes, sometimes deliberately you have to rebuke them and cast them out, but it should not be your preoccupation. Amen. It is important to know that once we strive to be spiritual, we don't get into superstition. Because there's just a thin line between spirituality and superstition. The difference is reality. Spirituality is to believe in something that you cannot see but is real. Superstition is to believe in something you don't see and it's not real. It's the same difference between religion and reality. The difference is the word. Look, there are even a lot of things we do, even in charismatic and Pentecostal churches, that are religious, but not necessarily reality. That's why you always need the word. Because the word shows you the difference. Human beings naturally tend to worship. It was part of our makeup. We always want to worship something. So, that's why I pity those who don't want to worship God. Because you worship something by all means. It may not be an idol, physical idol where you bow to. But 
you may worship the cyber world, worship the internet, and worship. You'll be a slave to something by all means. Reasonable service is better to worship God. You worship what you know, not what. Everybody worships something anyway. So it's very important to get grounded in the truth. Now, this is the point. Everything is a shadow. The reality is Christ. The substance is Christ. Everything in life, you need to understand this. Everything is measured against Christ. In fact, even time is measured against Christ. You know very well that time for us is chronos. The watch you have, it reads the time chronologically. But there's another time called kairos. And that is the spiritual moment is defined by the spirit and measured against Christ. Do you know that even in the natural, we measure time by Christ? B.C. A.D. Christ is everything. Coming back to real spiritual stuff. You know, we call something fullness of time. Fullness of time started with the Jesus. We also call it the last days or the end time. It started with Jesus. But it's not just time. Everything is measured by Christ. Our maturity is measured by Christ. Now, when we want to know how old you are in the spirit, they just measure you against Christ, whether you are here or there. I know a lot of people don't know that we have a long way to go. That's why people stop growing after three years. When they start prophesying, start doing some few miracles, they stop growing. Because they think that, oh, when you start prophesying, you have word of knowledge, you can mention somebody's name and say, you mention somebody's telephone number, you have arrived. No way. Until we all come in the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. To the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. Or the measure of the stature of Christ. What it means is that what God wants is that by the time you leave this place. When you stand and Jesus stand, you measure up in height, strength, faith, holiness, wisdom, power. That's why we are not praying, we are not studying the word, we are not growing in faith. I wonder if we understand this whole thing. You see, we're talking about ruling in the world to come. Very soon in our manifestation, you will see people who are like the Lord. They come in the glory of the Lord. And you see people too, and they are so small. So small. So small. We have to feed them with milk. Let me say this to you. When you die as a young believer, and you go to heaven, they take you to the place of babies. Whether you are 90 years old or 50 years old, you go to the place of babies. And they feed you with milk. They will teach you the elementary principles of the word of God called milk. Until you are old enough to behold the majesty of the king. You will be in that part of heaven which is dark. Now heaven is such that the glory around the throne is so strong that people who are the outskirts, at the peripheral, it looks like they are in darkness compared to those around the throne. So whilst there's light everywhere, the glory and the intensity around the throne is such that not everybody can get close. Only those who have that level of glory. Because the intensity of the glory can weaken them. So they will put you in the Sunday school, children's department. And they'll give you the bibiron. And then they'll give you a bib, and then you begin to suck milk. The elementary principles of Christ, that's why you'll be learning it. Hello? Until you mature enough, then they will take you on a tour. Now you can behold some few stuff. 
Your eyes can handle it. Your senses are developed enough to handle it. Tell somebody you don't have any time. You don't have any time. You don't have time. You don't have time. Now let me say this to you. It takes a longer time to grow in heaven than to grow on earth spiritually. It takes a very long time. Because the things to test the word and to develop the word are not readily available in heaven like it is here on earth. What I mean is, how do you develop patience in heaven? How do you develop endurance in heaven? How do you develop holiness in heaven? I'm not talking of glorification. I'm talking about virtue. How do you develop self-control in heaven? What are you going to control? But these things are vital. They are eternal. So, we said, these signs will follow them that believe. Everybody who believes, every believer, these signs must follow them. In my name, they shall cast out devils. You have power over demons. And then they shall speak with new tongues. I mean, literally and metaphorically. Metaphorically, the way you talk will change. If you are a believer and the way you talk doesn't change, uh, you have to check it small. Now, you don't talk unbelief. Hello. The way you talk changes. Which words we speak? Not in words which human wisdom teacheth, but in words which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing the spiritual with the spiritual. Your language changes. But more than that, the new tongue is talking about speaking in tongues, speaking under inspiration, or speaking mysteries. It is prophecy, prophecy and tongues. You see, my tongues are fantastic because when I'm speaking in tongues, my head doesn't speak, my spirit speaks. You want you are speaking in tongues, you want to measure it and see whether it's, there is ma or ba or ra or ya in it. If ba is not in it and ya is not in it and ra is not in it, you are not speaking tongues. So every time your tongues is ba, ya, ra, ba, ba, ya, ra, ba, ba, ya, ra, ba, ya, ra. Yeah. Meanwhile, you two have been born again for over 20 years, and all your tongue is ba, ya, ra. It's like you are 22 years, and you are still saying, dada, mama, and like angels are there. This guy, is he correct? Ma, ba, ra. When you can feel free and let your spirit, nasal sokus, and the ishashanda, lomandi, ka, snahiro, kostono, sha, biran, the grass, teste, biono, luma, kowasan. And you know, when you do that, you can capture. I was in Lome. I prophesied two-page prophecy in Dutch. I spoke pure Chinese. It was confirmed. I spoke pure Japanese. This lady had lived in Japan for 16 years. She was supposed to leave that day, but the Lord said, don't go. And she stayed and attended the service. He said, you spoke elite Japanese and you interpreted. They shall speak with new tongues. Amen. Allow your spirit to speak, not your head. When you're born again, you speak with new tongues. Then he says, they shall pick up serpent. Look at that. That's just real dominion over demons. Because he already said we'll cast that devil, so that should be enough. There are a lot of people who still don't know that they've been delivered from the dominion of the powers of darkness. There are a lot of believers who are not skillful in the word of righteousness. But he said, these signs will follow you, you pick up serpents. In other words, you know, I was teaching somewhere and I was explaining to them why living in the will of God is so important. I said, you see, the will of God is God's purpose and the divine order. So in that order, everything aligns and everything submits. Nothing rebels. 
Because that is the kingdom. So, sugar knows that it should not rebel against you. It's supposed to feed you and serve you. So you can have diabetes. Not just that. Everything is aligned. So they shall pick up serpents. You will pick snakes. Snakes and scorpions stands for demons. You know, snakes typify demons, right? First day you cast out devils. But to prove to you that you have complete dominion over demons, he said you pick up serpents. You handle those things that hurt others. You pick up serpents. And then, I love this one. He says, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. These are the signs that must follow every believer. Now, Jesus said it, so it has to happen. He cannot lie. It has to happen. In my life, in your life. Amen. It says, if they drink any deadly thing. What's the meaning of that? Deadly thing is what? A woodrow. Poison. Anything that is deadly. The one that's supposed to hurt your eye. Anything deadly. Obviously, we'll not consciously go and drink poison, right? Because we won't tempt the Lord our God, right? But just in case you are poisoned. When I hear a believer is poisoned, he died. Then I'm like, which kind of believer is that? But you see, a lot of people don't know that is their right, covenant right. And because they don't know it, they don't use it. One time I traveled and I was coming with a, a lot of bags. Unfortunately for me that time, I was carrying more than two hand luggage. And surely you'll forget one. So there was a lot of bags and then, you know, yeah, somebody even helped with those things but because the hand luggage were three and they were big i dropped one i came and you know i was looking for something and i'm like ah, why is it why is it why did i bring this did i bring this bag did i bring this bag and i mean who would say bag no man shed so i decided to go look for the bag on the way i was talking with somebody and I said, I'm on my way to the airport. I dropped my bag yesterday. He said, hey, and you think you'll find it? I said, what are all the angels doing? Better get that thing in check. I will fire them. <laughs> you know, some of you don't know you will check the angels. So I said, their job is at stake. I just went and my bag was waiting for me. I picked my bag and I came back home. <laughs> now, if we know what is available, we use them. No spirit man loses anything truly in the spirit. You only lose things that will hurt you or harm you. If God truly allows you to lose something, then know that thing is supposed to harm you. But if you lose anything in the spirit, you're getting it back. I mean, you are walking in a realm where even axe head will float. It will come up. I see your axe head float. What you thought was lost is coming up again. Your axe head is floating. Axe head doesn't float, but your axe head will float. I say your axe head will float. Oh, hallelujah. Then he says, they will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. What do you do with promises like this? He said, I'll lay hands on the sick and recover. So what am I supposed to do? Lay hands. It's like I say. You will drive the latest car and I bring the car and you don't drive it. So he says they will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. They will lay hands on the sick 
and they'll recover. Look at me, everybody. You will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Now, the healing gift, the healing anointing is going to be strongest in this end time. We've enjoyed a prophetic wave. The next wave that is coming as part of the apostolic is a strong healing wave. The strong miraculous. And you will lay hands on the sick to recover. He's not talking about the gift of healing. He's not talking about the miraculous healings. He's talking about the fact that this is a blank church for everyone who believes. You will lay hands on the sick and recover. Bible says and Isaac prayed for his wife. Lay hand on your wife. Lay hand on your children. Command sickness to leave say you're in the wrong place amen 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 and the bible says and they went everywhere preaching and the lord working with them and confirming his word with signs and wonders following you see when you are a child of god everything sounds like an answer so keep telling us so you come and they give you very revelation and you just keep drinking and eating and it's fun good word good sermon good feeling and you don't do anything with it but he said they went everywhere preaching and the lord working with them confirming his word with signs and wonders following are we mature talk to me are we mature it's time to take the mandate let me say this to you everybody starts as a baby and then you grow then you grow to maturity and as part of your training you learn to take responsibility then now you are in charge to do what you got to do the bible says he gave some apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers to train perfect equip the saints for the work of the ministry the saints for the work of the ministry every saint every saint every believer every child of god everyone who is born again will do what will do what the work of the ministry say everybody's supposed to do the work of ministry some of you why you are ready to come and to be part but you're not ready to do something but we are all supposed to preach we are all supposed to i finished preaching in kumasi and one young man said this is the small way i can also help i want to put you on two radio stations and pay for it myself that is the little way i can do it because i just reasoned that if i have to preach as an individual yeah i'll be able to get some few people but if i put it on radio i think i can get more people then the following day he came and said what about television So, all of us are supposed to do the work of the ministry. Giving, helps, comfort, teaching, exhortation. Then, services. You know, services in the house of God. Everybody is supposed to do something. Then comes the time in your life where God trains you and brings you to the place where he puts a mandate on you mandate is the official authorization he increases the spiritual authority he recognizes what you're doing the lord works with you he partners with you and then he confirms the things too quickly he just does them he just does them obviously god loves all of us but he will invest more into the guy who buries his talent is that what he will do 
If you got two sons, one is a drunkard, God forbid, and the other is business-like, you love them unconditionally. But which one will you invest more into? Who will you give more money to? The business guy, so he can take care of the drunkard, right? So the fact that God loves all of us doesn't mean that he will give all of us the same share. Sowing and reaping doesn't contradict grace. Because grace itself can be multiplied. You can give small grace to something and multiplies it. God is the first person to sow. The sower is God. So sowing and reaping, he said as long as the earth remained, investment principle. And so God will begin now to invest more into the guy who's doing the job. He's giving us a blank check. This one will follow all of us. But then there's some extra anointing. Then all of a sudden, he gives you the mandate. And let me say this clearly in this service. Every local church, though we are one, the body of Christ is one. But we are members in particular. You are not just a body of Christ. You are a member in particular, which means you are a finger or a toe or an eye. It says we are not just the body of Christ. We are members in particular. And that's how the local churches are. Every local church has its proper endowment and gift and mandate. It's just unfortunate that, you know, every church wants to be the best church, the most evangelistic church, the most prophetic church, the biggest church, the richest church, the most caring church. And it's good to convert everything and it's good to abound in every good work. But then, actually, the truth is that you can be everything. So, you see churches that are endowed supernaturally for a particular assignment and it's just there. It's just there. This is government. There's a serious mandate on this assignment. And God is bringing us to the place of maturity. To exercise mandate. The meaning of the word mandate is official authorization. God says, I commanded him. I ordained him to do it. And he's ready to face everybody and say, I commanded him. And you say what? When you resist him, you resist the ordinance of God. He comes with a, some serious thing. And people of God, it is the apostolic. Amen? Amen? Every one of us here, individually, and we as a church corporately, we have a mandate. The sense of responsibility is what qualifies maturity. It's not age. My father used to tell me as a little boy, you know, he knew how to become a leader, and he wanted me to be a leader, and he said, hey, Old age is not a beard, though. He used to tell me when I was a little boy. He said, you don't need a beard to be old. He was telling me about responsibility. Now, what I'm saying is, this thing called faith, where we know what we have believed, and where we have understanding, we are convinced of what we believed, and where we step out with all boldness to do what we've been called to do, with all diligence, faithfulness, without even supervision. I mean, people who can work with little supervision. We have become a law to ourselves, not in a negative sense. You know, you can become a law to yourself in a negative sense, in a positive sense. In a positive sense, you're disciplined. That's what we are. In the second service, I will show you exactly how the supernatural is made easy. So if somebody is able to teach you spiritual processes, you understand how miracles happen. It's so easy. Everybody can do it. Why would Jesus say that these signs will follow all of us if it was that difficult? 
it is that easy and that is what i've been teaching the whole year unfortunately most of these are taught on mondays so a lot of us don't understand spiritual systems and process and a lot of us don't understand that the supernatural has to be engaged but first of all you have to encounter the supernatural because revelation is the doorway into the supernatural then after you have entered through an encounter then you must engage it spiritual things are intense they are vigorous they are dynamic and you need some spiritual energy and some endurance to hold it and engage it we'll talk about that in the second service and to enforce the supernatural your life is higher than you thought Paul said to the Corinthians don't walk like mere men because we are not mere men and in the second service I will show you what God says he said we shouldn't be like Moses who put a veil over his face so that people could not see the end of that which is supposed to be abolished don't cover the glory with the flesh don't sit on the anointing don't cover the glory we all with unveiled faces looking us in the mirror the glory of the go for the glory go for the anointing if the miraculous is real go for it until this day there remained the veil over their minds when they read the old testament but when you shall turn to the lord the veil is removed now the lord is that spirit the lord i just talked about that if you turn to the veil is removed the lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the lord is that's liberty we all with unveiled faces looking us in the mirror the glory of the lord listen you need an encounter naked before the lord with all sincerity looking into the mirror the glory of the lord everybody in the bible who had an encounter his life changed god's generals they are not different from any of us the only difference they had encounters they chose it 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 they say i'm going for that man honey you can't be busy all day long and not make any time for god and experience him to the full no way no way you need to make room for this thing which is the main thing his presence his glory May God bless you. Captain of Israel's host and God, all for who seek the land above, be it. Thy shadows we abide.
Jesus when he was in agony he prayed more intensely and earnestly there's a place for vocal prayer there's a place there's a time where there are some things silent prayer can do are you here look at me the amount of energy I need to push this iPad is not the same energy amount of force I need to push this pulpit when we pray we make tremendous power available the spiritual energy that is dispensed though I know it's not necessarily in the shouting nonetheless the earnestness cannot be overemphasized we're going to pray vigorously we're going to shake some few things and announce our presence the bible says Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer they had a prayer life and the bible says there was a man Sitting by the gate beautiful. He himself was not beautiful. He was ugly. You see, you can sit by the beautiful gate all your life and still be ugly. Your situation can still be ugly. If you can't see the beautiful gate, there's something to see. They will carry this man because he was a cripple. If your feet can't work, it doesn't mean your hands can't work. He was looking at the wrong thing. No wonder he was sitting there by the gate called beautiful. The Bible says every day he will beg for arms. There was something wrong with his mind. The problem was not his leg, the problem was his thinking. How do I know? He was asking for arms. What he needed was not money, he needed a real push in life so he could stand on his own feet. When he saw Peter and John, he asked him. And Peter and John said, Look at us. And Bible says he fastened his attention. Bible says they looked at him, focused does a lot of stuff. And he also looked at them, expecting to receive something. Except that Peter and John were real leaders. Real leaders give real need. <laughs> Not a lot of people know what they truly need. He was asking for money. He should have been asking that I want to walk. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. Peter knew he had something. He knew he had an anointing. He knew it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He didn't wait for the, he didn't wait for the cripple to decide. He held him by the feet, pulled him. And strength went into his ankles. And he leaping and jumping and praising God. Glorifying God in Solomon's porch or Solomon's portico. Prayer is the supply of the spirit. Tell somebody prayer is the supply of the spirit. Where is that in the Bible? Philippians 1, 19. Tell somebody prayer is the supply of the spirit. 
Say prayer. Is the way we dispense spiritual energy.